0: Everybody, and welcome back to We've Got Mail. This is the podcast where you control the conversation right here at the critically acclaimed network. My name is William Bibbiani. I am a writer for slash film, sometimes the rap, but everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh,
1: my name is Whitney Seibold. I too write for slash film. I too am a film critic. Uh, for the purposes of this particular podcast, you can call me Rockmeister McCool. Mm. You needn't. But he may.
0: I, again, it's one of those things where it's like if you met Mick Jagger and mm-hmm. say, Hi, Mr. Jagger. And Mick Jagger said, I mm. call me Thunder. <laughs> you would be like, Oh, I'm calling you Thunder, Mick. Don't call me Mick. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. Michael Thunder.
1: <laughs> Michael. I'm not calling you thunder, Michael. <laughs>
0: anyway this is our uh, this is our podcast here at the critically acclaimed network where we read your correspondence it's pretty straightforward you send us an email perhaps our email address is letters at critically or if you prefer you can send us a piece of actual physical mail paper or perhaps some sort of fancy stone tablet or something uh we haven't we'd had one of those yet, but. cost a lot of uh, postage if you want to send
1: a stone tablet. We're like, not asking. But if you yeah. sent one, we'd read it. Yeah, but if you, if you, I will learn Babylonic cuneiform if you want to send us an ancient stone tablet. On uh, who can resist
0: that urge. <laughs> uh, but we do have a PO box, Whitney, what is
1: our PO box? Uh, you can send us a physical letter, send it to the Critically Acclaimed Network, PO Box 641565, Los Angeles, California,
0: at 90064. We, uh, and uh, we've got some letters actually in our PO box, quite a few. Yeah, we do. Uh, so, well, let's uh, let's get cracking. Let's uh, let's get that cr- release
1: the kraken. Ooh, this one's full of a, this is a big envelope. oh snap I'm, I'm I'm crinkling it near the, the mic so you can yeah. hear it actually. And it's full of, like a bunch of different stuff. Um yeah, that's everything. Uh Ooh. looks like there's a bunch of photographs in here. Oh my goodness. Um Alpine Lake in Marin County.
0: Very nice. A beautiful
1: photograph of a lake. Oh, that's a beautiful photograph of a lake. Yeah, some like lovely uh, redwood Love tracks. that. That's like suitable Redwoods for framing, around. that but, is. Yeah, and there's some others here, too. There's a nice big one. Ooh, let me see. Uh, these are all of Alpine Lake. Oh, my God, I love this. This is and, gorgeous. Uh, and there's also a little uh, letter in here. Okay. It has Indeed. Catwoman on it. I love Catwoman. It's specifically the Bruce Timm design of Catwoman. Oh, from the very nice. animated series. Uh, and on the back is an old 1940s comic strip of Catwoman... Driving what appears to be a cat
0: car. Oh, let me take a look. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I love that cat car because it's got like a cat face in the front and claws mm. that are jutting outward.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh
0: my god. Wow. What a cool envelope. Uh huh. That
1: wow. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and it's envelope, so there's a letter inside. Let's so unfold this thing. Yeah, crinkle it for you. Yeah. Uh, it comes from uh, Gray.
0: Oh hi Gray. Hello Gray. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, not Gray Drake. Other Gray.
1: Yeah, the other Gray. Yeah. Uh, Dear Bibbs and Rockmeister McCool, aka Whitmeister McBold, <laughs> that's me. Nice. Um, I am a huge enjoyer of all the shows and teleplays and soaps and the things. In response to a letter, a further prompt asking for John Hughesy queer films. Oh yeah. I want to recommend the incredibly true adventures of two girls in love. Uh, nice. Which I have not seen. I that's that's a failing of mine. Don't think I've, um, I might have seen that when it came out, but it's so long. Ago. It it's like yeah. late nineties that movie came out. Uh. Very sweet. Very cute. Very. Uh, bubble of first big love, more of a clueless vibe, uh, more of clueless vibes. Uh, I love Debs, D-E-B-S, oh, yeah. uh, with Jordana Brewster, Jimmy Guy from Westworld, the great Holland Taylor, and a killer soundtrack. Additionally, there's a one-season wonder from Netflix, pretty sure, called Everything Sucks, that's a terrific coming-of-age ensemble piece. Nice. Uh, can I suggest that for Cancel Too Soon, mm. or is that the current... Wor- <laughs> or uh, is the current workload prohibiting that... Pretty completely uh, Currently yes But you know It's it's never off our radar
0: No it's something um, We really do care about And want to do But is it practical right now No, no But we, yeah. we want to get back to it
1: uh, If not A League of Their Own From that's Oh the, yeah uh, A League of Their Own uh, TV series uh, From Amazon Was fucking great In capital letters Um Hey, so not to get depressing, but the decapitation of TCM feels particularly portentous. Uh, Turner Classic Movies was nixed from uh, Warner Brothers. They were going to sort of end that particular brand and not have a place to put all their classic movies. And I believe it was like Spielberg and, and Scorsese and Paul Thomas no, Anderson, like they all. It, it wasn't. To... It wasn't
0: clear that they were going to shutter the entire thing, but they fired a lo- like a lot of the staff, yeah. and the hires, uh, and the higher ups. And it was, yeah, uh, you know, Spielberg, Scorsese, and Paul Thomas. Anderson. Was it Scorsese or was it uh, Coppola? It was oh, Scorsese. Yeah. They, 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 so,
1: they, some important film. They like all it. had
0: a meeting with David Zaslav, and we kind of all thought, oh, maybe this is it. That like David Zaslov's going to be like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll rehire everyone. And then David Zaslov announced, I have put those three guys in charge of doing, like, guest curation. And everyone who actually does curation's like, Great! Are they actually going to do the fucking legwork? Or are they just going to say, <laughs> We want to watch these movies at 8 o'clock? Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure... It's like, I, I, that's not the outcome we wanted. I wanted all those people rehired. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. But uh, the decapitation of TCM feels particularly portentous like something
1: I'll look back on as a marker of when things... Uh, in a certain era, started accelerating downhill faster. Are we already in a bubble? Oh, the bubble's burst. Um, yeah. Our movie, our movies niche is culture moving from taking large scale influence from films. I mean, as an art form, as opposed to a medium that exists as part of a matrix of product. Or I'm already over. Am I already overthinking? Is it even? Is it? Has it even been less than fifty percent of that? Uh, by the way, I'm at a lake. And I already smoked a blunt. Nice! <laughs> I hope this letter turns out okay. Oh yeah, I forgot to do my joke. I hope this cat mail finds you purring. I guess it's not a joke, per se. Ah. All my best, Gray. Gray. And, uh, yeah. and, and Gray circles the copyright at the bottom. Uh, this envelope was printed in 2003. So this is, this wow. is an old Wow, that's an antique. I
0: love it. We gotta pay, take extra special care of that. Um, yeah. to, to answer your question about... Kind of a, it's kind of a large question. It encompasses a lot of things. Right. Uh, we're at a point right now where, thanks to a lot of different factors, not the least of which is a lot of studios doubling down on streaming so that they can control every single aspect of their business. We call this mm-hmm. vertical integration. And when you do that, there's not a whole lot of people who can tell you not to do something. You're not really beholden to anything. Yeah. Well, this is one of the reasons why they're fighting tooth and nail not to listen to anyone protesting or, uh, or right. uh, boycotting them right now, or the uh, the, the WGA potentially SAG. Yeah, as we on. we're waiting right now as you record to find out if SAG is gonna. Yeah, uh,
1: the, uh, the word you were looking for is striking. Striking. Just striking. I'm tired. <laughs> they're not merely protesting. They're no, on no, they're
0: strike stri- No, they're on strike, and yeah. good for them. And the Writers Guild has been great about it. Um, there's always been. It's frustrating because it feels new, but there has always been a divide between people who view movies as an art form and people who view movies strictly as a commodity. And the simple fact is they are both. They're Mm. expensive to produce. In order to keep making them, you do have to make your money back. And as a result, there's a level of commerciality that is always an an aspect, Um, especially once you start spending a lot of money on them. There has, however, often in the past been sometimes begrudging, but I feel like a certain respect for the fact that you need both. Mm. That without artists being artistic and doing new and exciting things, people won't be interested in spending money on these things as commodities. Yeah. Of late, it feels like a lot of people who are in charge at various studios no longer see a point in that and are strictly looking at all of their movies, TV Mm. shows, and and whatnot as commodities and don't appreciate their artistic value, their historic value, even sometimes I think their monetary value. I think taking things off the market before they can find an audience is Mm. incredibly short-sighted because a lot of the things that they're making money on now... The things that they're like remaking or ripping off weren't a hit when they first came out. If you stop yeah, making um, these, if you stop like letting these IPs, and I even hate calling them that, these intellectual yeah. <laughs> properties that you create, these ideas, pie- these stories, these pie- characters. Pieces of art, please. Yeah. Uh, they're not you, just IPs. If you yeah. take them off of the market, if you mm. make it so that people can't find them, and yeah, there's piracy, but I'll, I'll get to this in a second. Mainstream audiences are not the same as diehard audiences. Mm. Most people aren't going to find them. They're not even going to know to look for them. And they're not mm. going to suddenly develop an audience over time. And the other aspect of this as I was just uh, associating is as people who really love movies. And I know a lot of people who listen to our podcast really love movies because Whitney and I really love movies and we take them very seriously. Most people only like movies. There might be movies that they love, but they don't set their whole lives revolving around movies. They don't follow the behind-the-scenes shenanigans. I imagine most people who chose not to see *The Flash*, which is currently like on track to be the biggest box office stud in superhero movie history, um, didn't care about the behind-the-scenes shenanigans and just thought to themselves, "I don't want to see that." Mm. That's probably about as much as it went. Or maybe they heard the Ezra, but the Ezra Miller stuff and like, "eh, I don't like it." Mm. There's always been that aspect where people who just look at it casually and either don't appreciate. When I was a kid, we were still having serious conversations about whether or not movies were even art at all. Yeah, and and so uh, it's it's
1: been a thing this whole time. I haven't seen that debate trotted out in a, in a second. Yeah, um, I feel like that. I feel
0: like I feel like the discussion about whether video games were art mm, took over the conversation about whether movies mm, were art. And, and here here's here's what uh,
1: what I'm getting. Mm. Uh, most films. Aren't art? Aren't. They are commercial slop, that they're sort of shoved into a marketplace created for v- purely mercenary reasons. They hire artists, but for the most part, it's uh, executives making a lot of decisions, and uh, and we... they come up they come across as something uh, that feels really stitched together and uh, not 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 the work of a mind. Uh, I, I f- there's no soul to a lot of these things I feel
0: that way less with movies Because movies, even if they're part of a franchise mm. They tend to be a, a story And they're being told by people mm. And those people can't help but have their personalities come out mm. Through that, their values, their whatever they care about um, I feel that way a lot more about so much of The really generic TV yeah, like the like the sort of like here's like the 80th cooking game show. Oh yeah, yeah which is it's like just I feel like slop. It's yeah, just, yeah it's just and, and I watch them. I, it's fine, mm. but like I I'm not, I don't tend to feel when I watch Crime Scene Kitchen. <laughs> I don't think to myself <laughs> I've seen Crime Scene Kitchen. I've seen it too. Like I, I I don't dislike it. It's a it's an okay thing to just sort of like masticate your food while you're watching, like. Mm oh, they didn't find the lemon zest. They're not going to have enough lemon zest in their pie. I'm They're going to
1: lose. I'm eating food and watching
0: food. Yeah, but that's kind of all it's there for, though. Mm. And I know people make it, and their their livelihoods are in it, the people competing care, and that's nice. I don't feel like, even though there's artistry involved, they craft the sets and things, that doesn't feel so much like a statement so much as it feels like a reflection of where we are Yeah, by accident. I feel like if we're creating narrative fiction art kind of happens whether you mean it or not. Mm.
1: I I feel like um, people like us critics, we, we see it. We can mm. delve. Yeah. Uh, but it's also really kind of depressingly easy to see how uh, the artistry is being actively rid from some of these things. Yeah. Any kind of actual personality or interest is being taken out deliberately. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really depressing. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, a lot of factors sort of contributed to where we are right now. The the, the devaluation of art, I think, uh, streaming services has a heck of a lot to do with that. The mm-hmm. idea that you have unlimited access to all movies mm-hmm. for $6 a month kind of takes away the specialness of choosing
0: one mm-hmm. in a, this kind of abstract well, it, way. It, it and used also, to be, and I realize um, it helps that people, like, you know, we're in financial dire straits, we want movies and... Stories and whatever, and we want to be able to get as many as we can, as affordably as we can. But when we had to pick and choose, we spent more money on each individual thing, and there was more of a market for it. Mm. And people were able to actually spend more money on different types of movies and different types of shows because they would bring in different amounts of money. Yeah. Right. So it's all intertwined. You see what I mean, like yeah, economically. And, uh, yeah.
1: and one one of the real death blows was uh, started by Netflix. Yeah. Uh, they had their streaming service. They started to produce their own original shows. That mm. was that was kind of novel at the time. People, I think it was like two thousand eight. I forgot where when it was. They started mm. to make their own programs. Uh, people made fun of that at the time. It's like, what, what if the pizza guy like baked his own pizza on the way to delivering you a different pizza? Oh yeah, I remember uh, that, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and when they made their own shows, they could say whatever they wanted about how successful they were. Yeah, it's like, hey, we got this new show. Wow, look million people watch it It's the number that, right? one show on our network
0: Oh really, what are the actual ratings on that? We literally don't have to tell you because We're not beholden to Nielsen or well, yeah. any of that Because so the on. Nielsen ratings, all those mm. things All the, the box office reports Those are there so that the other people Whose livelihoods and businesses are affected by it Like say movie theater chains Know how much money these things are making. Hmm. If everything well, also, was only uh, internal at I don't know Paramount or something like that, Paramount wouldn't need to release all those figures,
1: that, and they wouldn't need to release their figures, and they wouldn't need to pay royalties either. Yeah, Royalties, Isn't that residuals. Curious? Yeah, this uh, is one of the reasons the, why
0: again people are on strike because they're not actually saying here's how many people are watching so, and, these and, and here's how much I, money they're making. And
1: I've said before, either you know one of two things is true: either the numbers are really really high and they'll have to pay out a lot, mm-hmm. or the numbers are really really low and they'll have to reveal that the emperor has no clothes that this has been Mm -hmm. a losing proposition from the start I think it's the second thing here's the thing Um, I don't
0: care which one it is mm. either one needs to happen like it would yeah. be, it would be better well, if everyone's getting a lot of money. That'd be great. Say, but I would like, say you
1: know. I, I think the former needs to happen because that way the writers get paid and, well, the, yes. and only the executives get bled out. If it's revealed that this uh, has been a losing proposition, everybody's fucked. Everything goes off the air. Well, the writers don't get paid. Everybody gets fired. The, the rich people get to keep their I think, money. I think what and happens, we don't get any entertainment. I
0: think mm, I think that's more apocalyptic than the one I'm talking about. Mm. I think what happens if we reveal that? Well, I think okay. It would be a bubble bursting. Obviously, we're in the middle of that bursting anyway. They're mm. taking things off streaming. People are starting. Oh, it's to panic. it's burst. Yeah, it's, we're, we're it's, past it. We're yeah, it's Well, in the past I, now. I still I don't know if it's gotten as bad as it can get, but it's it, it's, we're, it, it's we're, definitely,
1: not, we're not going back to peak TV.
0: I don't think we're going there's, back. to peak There's not going to be, not, be not another
1: like expensive show like Game of Thrones ever again. Like something wow. that scale. Like we're gonna have to wait at least like 15 years. They're literally it doing House of the Dragon like right now. Yeah, but when did they make that? Like
0: the strike. After Game of Thrones. After the stri- before the strike. Oh, before the strike. You mean, yeah. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, my yeah. bad. Okay. Um, yes. Hmm. Fair enough. My point is this if we find out, for example, that streaming services, though in many respects uh, practical, I use them all the time, hmm. um, that they weren't actually getting the numbers, the viewership uh, that the industry needs, demands. Uh, then we would need to find a new system because the system that replaced was kind of working for a while. We had home video, we had mm-hmm. network and cable television. We had ad revenue from those and we had uh, revenue residuals from the sales and rentals of hard physical media. If, a lot, I And mean, let's be honest here, a lot of the streaming services are coming directly from various studios. If those studios stopped doing that or decided to band together and only support a couple of streamers, the bubble could shrink, maybe be more sustainable, and then also we could finally start maybe putting more effort back into television, network, slash cable, and or physical media and bring that back. It'll never be its heyday, but it might have the kind of resurgence that for example vinyl records do. Hmm. Or books have never really gone away, you know? Like there is that there Barnes and Noble is actually starting to expand again. So there is a potential to I, I, regressing makes it sound bad, but there's a potential to maybe go back to some of the things that were working mm-hmm. before. I don't think those are necessarily all in the rearview mirror for forever. Yeah, and if we I found out what we're doing right now isn't working, their there shareholders would demand a change. Yeah, I, I think something new is going to
1: have to happen. We don't know what it yeah. is yet. No, we don't. Um, but uh, what we're talking about is only pertaining to uh, like the major studios, sure. the big players in this game Very you know Warner Brothers Universal Amazon etc um, yeah. Amazon and Apple are gonna survive this because they're not entertainment entertainers first no they, they, make, they make phones and deliver your packages yeah they might make uh,
0: fewer shows or no shows at all but by God those companies, those companies are, doing are fine those companies they, are
1: gonna be fine yeah. Amazon's Amazon like a trillion dollars Amazon
0: looks at all uh, of the movies that they put out as an excuse to get you to sign up for their free shipping that's that's kind of it, that's yeah. it. oh I'm, oh did people did not watch our Game of Thrones that we spent 400 million dollars on? they still subscribed and we got that money anyway and yeah, we are going to sell them cheap crap. Mm. Great. We win. Okay. You no, know, want to buy a chair? How about this one?
1: That's the same chair with a different name. Yeah. Uh, so th- those companies are fine. Some of the big studios, I don't know what the future is for them. No. I don't know uh, what what that's going to look like if they're going to have to retract. If I, some of them going to have to start merging. No. And if they do start merging, when are antitrust laws going to start tapping in? Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't seem to be a thing in Hollywood anymore. Yeah, uh, I I, I, I so, worry
0: about Warner Brothers, man. Warner Brothers so, is if they don't if they don't. If this whole James Gunn superhero universe thing doesn't get off on the right foot, it's not. I I, I know, I know, but we have to wait until it actually comes out. But but, uh, But like, if that, I think that's what they're waiting on. It's like, uh, okay, if we can just make it to Superman if we just make the Superman, if that's a hit, everyone will tell us we were great, right? If that's like two years from now, we just gotta squeak along, I don't know if you're gonna make it that far. <laughs> well, you here's... better hope Aquaman cracks a billion, yeah. but I gotta tell you, man.
1: First of all, uh, we're on the waning edge of superheroes. I'm not sure if anybody's gonna like rally around a new Superman mm-hmm. the same way they did around like Avengers Endgame. It's, behind us
0: yeah, uh, I think it's so, always going to be a place for it it's always uh, going to be a genre but it will you know, be the, the su-
1: Superman yeah. well-known character James Gunn beloved yeah, filmmaker which
0: will be fine uh,
1: I, th- I thought it might be fine and then they announced Green Lantern's going to be in it and mm-hmm. I'm like oh fuck this thing's going to fail it's just it's <laughs> going to fail and not not because you know Green Lantern has some sort of stigma but they're just they're trying the same shtick well it's okay a bunch of superheroes interact we've seen it now I, here's it's what here's my of, cons- here's hang my... on let me finish okay um, my point being is that a lot of these bigger studios are going to fold something's going to happen I don't know maybe, yeah. maybe they'll get back. Merge. He, to say.
0: I would not be surprised um, if yeah, Universal Param- bought Warner Brothers or Paramount or something yeah the something like, like yeah. that these big ones I mean Disney yeah. bought Fox it's not, yeah, not Paramount's impossible probably um, doing if Mission Impossible does well Paramount's probably fine it was really on the edge for a they were always
1: there. like in the fourth place anyway yeah so but like with like Top Gun to and Mission Impossible yeah, yeah.
0: they're probably fine but like at um, Warner Brothers is not doing good
1: The way you, the place you want to look is the place we looked in the 90s the th- MTV? <laughs> Lollapalooza. <laughs> Woo! No, um... The answer is uh, the indie theaters, the indie se- yeah. scene, those, yeah. the low budget films from interesting artists that are doing interesting things outside of the Hollywood system. Yeah. There are streaming services out there, specialty ones, niche streaming services mm-hmm. that are specially curated. They don't have huge libraries, they don't have big, splashy originals that have really interesting art. This is when I'm going to bring up fucking Ovid again because Ovid is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, watch Shudder, they have really wonderful horror yeah. stuff. Watch something like Night Flight, which has all the old cult movies. Mm-hmm on
0: mm-hmm. it shout the shout factory has their own channel it's free yeah just watch all these gray old colors for and free if you can't be bothered to switch over to it their channel is on tubi <laughs> you don't even have
1: to change yeah tubi i'm reluctant to recommend because all that's going into like the fox news coffers I know, but i know but um, still, it's
0: it's it, at some point though we only have so much control over which yeah, corporation g- get, gets the money. get
1: movie go on canopy yeah. these things well, the great art is still out there We're concerned about like the monsters fighting when the people are right in front of us and we can, this is going to, this is a bummer because Mm. the big monsters employed, you know, thousands and thousands of people and those people are struggling to make Mm -hmm. a living. But if you're a film lover, Mm -hmm. the great pieces of art Mm -hmm. are are always going to be available if you're willing to look for them and Mm -hmm. if you're willing to to give things a shot, if they're kind of obscure or off to the side. All of these wonderful streaming services are still out there. Yeah. And they are not beholden to the same kind of numbers game.
0: Yeah, they, they don't have to make a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah exactly. So
1: they're fine. Ovid will survive yeah. this. Shutter will survive this. Even though Shutter I think, is owned by, like, AMC or some bigger... It company. is. It's owned by AMC, and um, I don't know who
0: owns AMC, but yeah. Mm.
1: Uh, but yeah, some of these littler ones yeah. are just run by passionate people who just want mm. to have that smaller business, yeah. and that's a good thing. Yeah. That is where we can find hope in all in this scenario.
0: I've been saying a lot on uh, on the social medias uh-huh. uh, that uh, the failure of Indiana Jones and the Flash and mm. other things like Ant Man lately. Um, you know, some things have been hits. That's true. It's not like everything is going to to seed right away. Uh, but it's probably a good idea right now not to spend three hundred million dollars on movies. Like it's the sort of thing was I, I people are talking about like oh you don't want to make them the big movies I'm like we've gone through this before. This goes in cycles. Mm. The industry just keeps repeating itself over and over and over again, and it's we're doing right now like. What they did when TV became more popular and color TV started coming out in the sixties, started having more and more giant historical epics and action movies and big ass musicals. in The nineteen sixties, and, and, and they were failing, but they they, were. they got the studios kept on spending. Yeah, because they couldn't—they couldn't figure out what the hell else to do. And then uh, Bonnie and Clyde and Easy Rider and black exploitation movies came out, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they realized we can make the same amount of money and spend a lot less. If instead of just making the same giant ass generic fucking movies, and yeah, some of them were good, don't get me wrong, but like a lot of them you never hear of anymore. If we just make movies with personality that reflect people's lives and interests today, Mm -hmm. they'll want to see that. Whoa.
1: It's also, uh, as, as a horror fan, I also take a lot of hope in the fact that... Mm. Horror always does well. Horror, horror comes through every time. Every it's, fucking it's time. It's the, the one genre that's never had a, a low point. It just kind of yeah. well, keeps on the skittering 40s,
0: along. not amazing. Uh,
1: 40s are, yeah. But, I mean, they were still making them. No, they were. They were still doing good. Anyway. I mean, at that point, you know, Universal was making all their...
0: The crappier monster movies. No, that's that, true. You know, we were getting the you know the Jacques Turner films and the yeah, few other yeah. But like yeah, you know there's, there's the stuff. uninvited. Yeah, it's fine. Um, okay. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to another letter. Thank you, great. These are glorious pictures. Oh my god! I need to find a place to put yeah, these.
1: Okay. Here's another letter. I'm pulling it out of the envelope. Okay. I like that. That last one is in longhand. This one's in longhand too. Oh, I'm nice. Ooh, it. I love it. And let's see here. This one is from uh, you can do Paul. Way. This is from Paul. Hi, Paul. Just couldn't find it. Um. Dear Bibbs and Rockmeister McCool, it's spelled all funky, Rockmeister McCool. There's no wrong way to spell it. R-I-Q-M-I-S-T-R. Mr. And McCool is uh, M-K-U with an umlaut L. Nice. Um, It's been a while getting my shit together and uh, to answer certain things you wanted people to write in about. Oh, yeah. Number one. Reebok pumps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot about this
1: one. We mentioned Reebok pumps. I think when in our review of
0: Air, uh, the it was the, Air or possibly White Men Can't Jump or both. We were talking, oh, we're talking about, about the, the pump
1: by Reebok. Yeah, the nineties.
0: There were these shoes, and uh, you would like press a button on the tongue of oh. the of the shoe, and allegedly it would like inflate the shoe a little bit. Oh, it Diggy. did.
1: I, I I tried one on once. It did. Yeah, it I, I around. I the owned them. Bit. No, they
0: did not. Oh wow. <laughs>
1: Um, I bought a really great S&M looking black ones with Ooh. chrome and pyramids and spikes. And yes, they did have the pump thingies. And thank you, Bibbs, for mentioning it. But I never felt anything from pumping air into my shoes either. Really comfortable <laughs> sneaks, though. And I still have them, even yeah. though they look like they've been chewed up and shit out by a Great Dane. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they look good. They're, they're still good shoes. Mm-hmm. I just found that extra functionality. I don't know where the fuck people were getting at. It.
1: I mean, it, it was a successful gimmick. Those were oh really yeah,
0: successful I, I shoes. Buy, I, I didn't. Um, buy them. I convinced my parents to buy them, yeah. but still.
1: Uh, number two, a good portrayal of Romani people. Oh yeah, uh, can be found in the excellent Netflix series Hemlock Grove. Oh. Plus, it's also got some of the best werewolf transformation scenes this guy has seen in many a moon. Uh, signed Paul and Paul be in the backward running vomit. Uh, yes. Which, long- which was a, a joke we wrote a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we-, we did a
0: uh, we did a cancel too soon episode about a TV series called um, oh, What was the One with Ethan Embry?
1: Oh, uh, it was Freaky Links. Freaky Links.
0: Yeah. Freaky Links was a uh, uh, X Files knockoff, but the whole point is like it's what like if Gen what X knockoff. What if the X Files but yeah. they were teenagers and they were running one of those cool websites teenagers have nowadays. Uh, it was the late nineties, so it was really novel at the yeah, time. Yeah, and it was yeah. all edgy and everyone wore cool clothes and they solved mysteries involving like, the like internet. Supernatural and, mysteries. Yeah. yeah. It was it was okay actually. And, and Freaky
1: was, Links was their website. Like they yeah. weren't they weren't publishing it, they were putting it online, which Whoa. was yeah. They had yeah, and
0: video and shit, an online zine, like, yeah, like and and you know what? It's very much of its time. It's not as bad as you would think. It's actually uh, a
1: pretty good show. Uh, like the first few episodes really suck, but once it gets they, going, they it's really voice. good.
0: Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was of an era when those types of shows, particularly shows that were aimed towards a younger demographic, shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Dawson's Creek, um, they would have in the show whatever contemporary music was. Oh, on yeah, the charts it's, it's at the time. spent a
1: fortune on licensing music at the yeah. time. Yeah, it was uh,
0: great. And at the end of the episode, they would have, like, a little bit, and it was, like, you, they would just show you, like, the cover of the album and, like, mm. uh, tonight's this episode.
1: Featured music from, from
0: Sponge and Hole. Yeah, and the mighty, mighty boss tones. Um, so we did, at the end of that Freaky Links episode, a bit where we each, I think we each came up with like 50 fake band names. Yeah. Just, just in our spare time. I kind of jotted them all down. Yeah. And then we just went back and forth and we, we put some of our listeners who had been in for, who been with us for a long time. We made up some band names for them. Yeah. Uh, and, pa- uh,
1: Paul, Paul is, has, been, is a long time listener. We love He's, he's written in a lot. Yeah. Uh, th- thank you, Paul for uh, sticking around with us, even as, you yeah. know, even if we say stupid crap. And, uh, yeah, so one of one of the fake bands was Paul Kinosian and the backward running vomit. That was yours. Yeah. Uh, it's I inv- <laughs> a yeah. very
0: you thing to come up with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which you know you'd see that '90s band, right?
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends on how cool their single was. Was it a buzz cut?
1: Uh, no, no, they had long hair. Hey, um, but uh, there's there's a postscript here. Okay. that says, Enclosed is an o- an even older letter. The best movies that begin with the letter G. And on this other piece of paper here, um, Dear Bibbs and Rockmeister McCool, spelled weird but differently. Uh, G is for glaring omissions. First of all, I was waiting for you to mention uh, Castle of Blood with Barbara Steele when talking about Poe mysteries. Oh, and now uh, for my top ten, the to beginning of the letter G, uh, we'll have you smacking your foreheads. Number one, The Godfather, mm-hmm. which was not mentioned on anyone's
0: list. Nobody needs us to recommend The Godfather to them. The Godfather is a movie. I'm, I'm very fond of the original Godfather, seen. in particular. The, the second mm-hmm. one is also good. I disagree with the argument that it's the better of the two. Hmm. Uh, and I've never, I still haven't seen the uh, director's cut, the coda version of godfather part three but the theatrical cut of godfather part three sucks
1: coppola redid it a couple times because when Mm. uh, the godfather part two came out he did uh like a a cut where it was like uh, the complete saga Uh, i was all in chronological order it was a tv cut the first two movies and it was all in chronological order so we saw the young don Corleone before we saw the events of the godfather
0: so if you were like at home at two o'clock on a sunday they would just show a four hour version of both things yeah
1: uh, let's see. Number two, Good Feather, Good Fellow, Good
0: Feathers, Good Feathers, Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas. <laughs> Goodfellas. And, and the comment is, "Come on, Goodfellas is admittedly one of the better movies, but again, you don't need us to recommend yeah. that." Uh, number
1: three, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Maybe you didn't like this so much. Um, I saw The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly for the first time when they did that extended cut of it. Yeah. Uh, in like the early two thousands. Yeah, they um, re
0: released it theatrically. I saw my, and watched it the uh, new art. Yeah.
1: My dad loves those three movies. Mm-hmm. The um. Fistful of Dollars for a Few Dollars More than The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people talk about how great A Fistful of Dollar is, which is mm-hmm. um, a, 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 a
0: deli- deliberate rip-off, ripoff of, yeah. of Yojimbo. Yeah.
1: Uh, a lot of people really like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly because it's sort of like the long, big one. It has everything in it. And, yeah, it's uh, really
0: huge. Very epic. Uh,
1: my dad and I argued over which one's good, which one's bad, and which one's ugly. and Because mm. uh, I argued that Eli Wallach was the good. Because he's the only mm. character that has like a conscience in that movie like he, he has he has like some principles I, so what are you saying character. Lee Van
0: Cleef is ugly is that your, what you're saying uh,
1: bad and ugly can sort of switch back and forth because because okay. Blondie and Lee Van Cleef are, uh, are I don't know if I'd call Clint Eastwood ugly I think he's definitely To so Lee Van Cleef is the ugly and, and Clint Eastwood is the, the bad rude
0: to Lee Van Cleef but I guess it's rude <laughs> to Eli Wallach too I don't know I guess uh, touche but, I suppose um, yeah
1: I, I was impressed with it, but I'm not moved by that that mm. movie. I, I like the style. I like it, sort of its approach. I think it's got one of the
0: great scores of all time.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's it's the same things repeated over and over again. Well, so, I think that's so you're
0: one you're of... So you remember them. Yeah, I think it's I think it's something that actually makes a great score sometimes, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, number four, Ghost World. One of my favorites. Yeah. Did I not say Ghost World? I feel, like you,
0: I like, feel like you put that on your runners-up, or if you, maybe, if you didn't, so. you screwed up. I screwed Because I, I know how much you love that
1: movie. I, I love me some Ghost World. Uh, number five, Gimme Shelter. I well, love gave me Shelter as there you well. Go. One of the best concert movies, and arguably one of the most compelling films of the modern era. Hmm. I watch it with a, I watched it with a smoker, and he didn't light up throughout the whole <laughs> thing. Uh. Yeah, uh, Gimme Shelter is, without hyperbole, one of the best documentary films ever made. Uh, It's about uh, the Altamont concert with uh, the Rolling Stones. Came out the same year as Wood... Came out uh, and was performed the same year as Woodstock. Woodstock was the high. It came crashing right down with Altamont because it was about sort of the the undercurrent of violence and hate that was underneath the summer of love. Um, They capture a stabbing on camera kind of unwittingly in that movie, so... Uh, number six, The Glass Shields. Thank you for recommending Yay! This. And number seven, God Told Me To. Ooh!
0: Have you seen God Told good, Me To? I have seen oh, God that Told Me, me To. Oh, crazy. God Told um, Me To is, is a Larry Cohen film yeah. uh, about um, a series of mysterious killings, and the only connection they all have is that the people who did them, and they had no history of this, no reason, no motive, all they'd said was, God told me to. Mm-hmm. And there's a detective who's actually got to investigate is God telling people to kill each other? What does this mean? <laughs> oh, Larry Cohen was so good with high concepts. He yeah, really was. Every and, once in a while, he'd expand them to a genuinely great movie. But... And
1: it, it it doesn't go where you're expecting it. No, it's really weird.
0: One. And um, I want to... We, we didn't talk about it. Uh, the Glass Shield is one of my favorite movies of the 90s. Uh, if you've never seen it, it mm. is fucking awesome. And one of the great, like cop movies but not like the cool cop movies like dirty harry but like the entire justice system is fucked and yeah, racist and, and, and needs to be destroyed from within kind of things it's fucking amazing yeah. uh number eight uh gravesend i don't know this
1: movie oh i remember when uh, that one a came great out. low budget juvenile crime story with the gritty street realism of kids the, the, yeah the that Lord was
0: Clark that movie. was like a, like seriously that was like ultra low budget indie from like the 90s i remember there was a lot of um uh, yeah, a lot of buzz about that because mm. it just got, like, a pretty big release and, like, some major filmmakers really supported it. And whatever happened to that guy, I don't think I ever made anything uh, else. yeah, Grieve scent. And number nine, uh, not, number nine and last is The Groove Tube.
1: Um, <laughs> Have
0: I seen The Groove Tube? Which one's a, The Groove it's
1: a, Tube? It's a, uh, I think it's a spoof anthology movie, The Groove Tube, uh, from, like, the mm. s- like late 70s, early 80s. I don't, mm. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen some of The Groove Tube. I think I've seen some of the sketches. Um, Or am I thinking of Tunnel Vision? Yeah, Gravesend is is about uh,
0: four young men spend their Saturday night trying to come up with the money to cover up the accidental death of a family member. So it's very, very dark and broody.
1: Yeah, Groove Tube, 1974, is an an anthology film that's spoofing television. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've seen some of these. Uh, Richard Belzer's in it, Chevy Chase is in it. Um, If I recall, there were some like Insanely dated, like really offensive jokes in
0: it. Uh, you uh, know, the, the like the kind they told. Uh, the guy who uh, wrote and directed Gravesend uh, didn't have a big movie career after that, but he did a lot of television. He wrote an episode of The Sopranos. Okay. Uh, Rescue Me, he wrote for that. So he's, you know, he did okay. All right. Yeah. And, uh,
1: well, thank you for those letters. Thank all. you. That's really wonderful. And we also have another physical letter. We get in few enough physical letters that mm-hmm. if you write into us, you, you pretty much guarantee yeah. that we'll get it, get it on the, the yeah, show. Sure. That's, uh, let me make so if you money. really oh, want your letter one. to be read. Ooh, there's a it? pair of postcards in here. Oh, it is. Um, it's an advertisement for what looks like a play or some kind of performance. Interesting. The Baltimore Rock Opera Society presents Love and Roar, a kaiju romantic comedy rock musical. Uh, it's coming on November 4th. Tickets at BaltimoreRockOpera.org hosted by the Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. Um, here you go. Oh, cool. Love and Roar oh, is an I original, original romantic comedy rock musical set in the idyllic Bay City of, in the late 1950s. Suddenly on a day like any other, giant monsters emerge from the earth and begin wreaking havoc with one purpose on mind, mating. Mating. <laughs>
0: How? Wait, how am I not seen that? That's hilarious. <laughs> Mary
1: Eckhart, recently dumped by her heroic boyfriend Cliff, is an ambitious scientist with hopes of saving Bay City. She stumbles across a mystic secret power that allows her to bridge the gap between humans and kaiju, and with the help of her friends, discovers maybe the monsters just want love too. Uh, a side-splitting Broadway rock-style musical about friendship, power, love, and giant monster fights.
0: I love like the, the poster-type front of this uh, postcard, mm. because it's the two kaiju, and they're doing that thing in like, rom-com, Posters and kind of leaning with, on each other. They're like yeah. they're like they're standing back to back and their shoulders are pressed up against each other. And the guy and like the green one's just smiling. The purple one's like this guy, <laughs> this guy. Right. You just know that's like Jennifer Aniston and Gerard Butler. Like in, yeah, in those monster <laughs> right. costumes. Going this guy.
1: <laughs> uh, here we go again. Um, and there's a letter as well. It comes cool. from Justin. Uh, Wibbs Bitney. That's us. Thank you for the advice in the previous letter I wrote last year where you kindly shared your thoughts on rom-coms and kaiju movies. Here are some flyers for the show for both of you. Please enjoy and or recycle. I rephrased your advice during our most difficult times in production as, hey, no matter what we're... No matter what, we are making a monster prom, and how cool is that? We had a monster prom. Buildings were crushed in a puppet rampage on a video projection, while on stage, human avatars of the kaiju sang, emoted, and rocked out, while also wrecking an abstract city, and it was so cool. That sounds amazing. Congrats congrats on the new podcast. I'm enjoying uh, you revisiting the world of Godzilla with your points of view. A resource that really helped me was the book, The Kaiju Film, A Critical Study of Cinema's Biggest Monsters. Oh, uh, I would out. not be surprised if one or both of you have read it. I actually don't know that. I one, and... don't think I've read that one. I'm going to. I'm going to write that down now. But... Uh, my yeah. next theatrical project I'm doing sound design for a one-person piece, exploring the exploring the actress's identity and life of as a Filipino American, mm. uh, for Reacher... F- for research about the sounds of the Philippines, I went to Mubi, to their Philippine Mubi is one, one of yeah, the art Mubi's, house. Mubi's, Mubi's Mubi's great. Um, it's to... a weird
0: one because they change their library constantly. Mm. So, But you're still not going to lose out. No, it's, no, it's, they've it's always a... got good stuff, but you, you just, you got to actually like use your subscription because it, your movie you're excited about might not be there in August, yeah. you know? Um,
1: I went to their Philippines section and, remem- and remembering every time Whitney has referenced him, I decided to go in... <laughs> Go oh, in no. on all nine hours of Lav Diaz's Jeremias Book One, The Legend of the Lizard Princess. Oh, wow. Uh, which, braver soul than I, I've, I've seen yeah. from what is before, uh, I, was, I saw uh, Genus Pan. Lav Diaz is an excellent filmmaker I mean, from if the I'd Philippines. Known, if I'd known they'd um, made
0: a movie about a lizard princess, I would have watched it. I think it's on Ovid. That or sounds, can, it you sounds you like a cool find, kaiju movie. Yeah, it's not a kaiju movie. Well, then I've lost interest. Look, if
1: you like long, sustained, lockdown down shots uh, of black-and-white nature photography, Love Diaz is your jam.
0: Because You he'll, know he'll who you like are. Thir- he'll have, like, 20-minute static shots. There are people in the audience right now who are thinking to themselves, no, that's not me. But I assure you, to all, so, those, pe- all those people who think that's not you, there are people in the audience going, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my jam. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, Love Diaz. Uh, <laughs> s- slow cinema par excellence. Woo! Um, because I was approaching the movie by paying attention to sound I started watching it passively keeping it in my headphones as I went about doing other things and just checking in on it like a window into that world Mm. this worked pretty well with all the long locked down wide camera shots I'm five hours in and I think the plot is actually starting now and I have I'd have to clear time and watch and pay attention because I'm now invested in Jeremiah's journey. So, thank you for talking about Love Diaz and being encouraging about approaching movies that aren't part of the mainstream conversation. Best wishes, Justin. And there's a, another bit here. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, to be right off air. So oh, okay. That. We'll read that off um, But, yeah. Uh, thank you, Justin. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad, it, glad it, we're it, able to help out a little bit. We talk about kaiju movies and romantic comedies. And, yeah. yeah, this looks like an amazing show. It like really a lot does of look fun. cool. I'm
0: super jealous of people. Everyone gets to go see this. My I God. really got to go to Baltimore at some point. Baltimore I'm, is a I'm cool a, fucking town. I'm going
1: to be taking a vacation to Washington, D.C. pretty soon. And oh, nice. Close par- enough to Baltimore. My parents so. met
0: there. In Washington, D.C.? Yeah, they nice. met at a bar called the Admiral Benbow. It's not uh, there uh, anyway. after Treasure Island, yeah. I was about to say, you know, it's...
1: Do they have a, a Billy Bones in the corner who dies every night? No, but it was actually a pretty the
0: black spots of was, pirates' death. It sentence. was a pretty swinging place. I remember when the, uh, my parents showed me like articles and like cool magazines about when it closed. Uh-huh. They were just like, oh my god, yeah, this this place was like one of the first places Roberta Flack used to sing. Ooh. Like, like it was a cool place. So mm. like, yeah, so yeah, that's that's. Mm that thanks to them, I exist. <laughs> so it all worked out. Beware, beware. What, the one-legged
1: man? Aye, but also beware running with scissors or any other pointy objects.
0: Yes, there weren't there weren't a lot of Muppets working in the bar. That's too bad. I know. Wouldn't it be better? Uh, I'm
1: the weirdo who likes Muppet Treasure Island better than the other Muppet movies. Yeah,
0: that's, that is weird. It's a cute film. I just I, understand I, liking it best. I,
1: Was they, it the first one you saw? No, it wasn't. Okay, I, good. <laughs> The first one I saw was the Great Muppet Caper. I'm glad I saw others because the Great Muppet Caper stinks. It's
0: it's got good stuff, but it's not great.
1: No, it's, it's not, not good great. Movie. I love Charles
0: Grodin in that movie.
1: Uh, Ch- Charles Grodin and the scenes with Charles Grodin and Miss Piggy are They're wonderful. So good. They're hilarious.
0: Um,
1: or no, actually, that wasn't the first one. I saw. I saw the Muppet's Take Manhattan first. That was the one I saw first. Yeah, and that was because I saw one that one in mid-80s. theaters when I was a kid, and yeah. then. Um, and then I think I saw the Great Muppet Cape, which I did not like. And then I saw the Muppet Movie, which mm. I enjoyed immensely. I saw the Muppet Movie
0: weirdly late. I don't think I saw mm. the Muppet Movie till I was in college. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, sometimes they just come yeah, at just, different times. Yeah, it's just not, but yeah, uh, when yeah. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island came out in the mid '90s, I was already in college at that point, and there was something just they hit this like sweet spot of like literary, literariness yeah. that I just really appreciated. I kind yeah. of we're going to help you with your homework. It, it, a bit, it's, yeah. it's sort of like you know riffing on classic lit and I like mm. that idea and I, I like the way the Muppets did it and I kind of hoped it was going to continue on that tack because they'd already done mm-hmm. Christmas Carol
0: yeah so Christmas Carol yeah, Treasure Island one of their best movies
1: please do like Midsummer Night's Dream do something like really great next yeah. and you've been talking about Muppet Dracula Muppet for time. Muppet Dracula's ages. the best
0: idea uh, why aren't you doing it now just
1: go back to that. And then, But then they did Muppet Wizard of Oz, and that wasn't so good. Well, that was um, only
0: also TV only.
1: it was TV movie. Yeah, it was years later, I think, it. like, yeah. a lot of the creative team had tra- yeah. swapped out. So I thought it's like, this, this is like the promise of a new age of exploring the Western canon through the eyes of the Muppets. It's like, this is great. I want yeah. more of that. And sadly, it kind of crashed and burned. They they, they went with Muppets from space instead. That's a cute movie. <sighs> it's okay. It gave us Pepe the Prawn. It gave us Pepe to play. I love Pepe. I think Pepe came in in Muppets Tonight. Actually, was that the first appearance of Pepe? I think so. Look
0: that up. Yeah,
1: I, I know. Um, I know Cliff. Clifton, like that. The the mm. that purple guy. You're um, right. He
0: was. He first showed up in Muppets Tonight in 1996. Yeah, okay. You're right. I, I just didn't watch that. Well, nobody did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a terrible failure. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some emails. Yeah, here. It. Um Here comes a letter from uh, Name Redacted. If there's Understood. No, there's no name on the bottom. I won't uh, read it from the top. It says Hey, Bibbs and Rockmeister McCool. Uh, in keeping with the last letter I wrote, I'd like to get to the point. Uh, what are some films, TV shows, or even other media, such as comics and books, that feature trans characters who are not treated, uh, are not horribly treated, or are struggling? Mm. obvious some conflict is okay but i'm so sick of this languishing and trans pain yeah and i need something happy i needed uh, i deal with enough discrimination hate and violence in my own life i don't need it in my escapism too for context i'm an 18 year old trans mask so uh anything featuring trans mask characters or actors is particularly appreciated mm-hmm. especially if it features a trans actor and the character is not entirely defined by their identity i would give examples of media like. Uh, Like that has this But beyond a couple of books I can't really think Of anything I've
0: seen Thank you Uh, Well uh, Recently And this is Allegorical But it's really on the nose We just had a big conversation About Nimona Which is an animated film By I believe A non-binary trans mask uh, Comic book artist Uh, Andy Stevenson, who uh, also did She-Ra, which had a shape-shifting character who was... Mm. You know, it wasn't great because they were a villain, but they still weren't, like, you know, tragic and had that, like, they had to, like, suffer at the end or anything like that. Um, So I really liked it. I know Whitney didn't, but a lot of our readers did like it. So um, I would give it a try. Mm. Uh, I would definitely check it out. Um, Oh, I just had another one, damn it. Um,
1: Oh... Weirdly, uh, you can see Joyride. Uh, there's a new film yeah, playing yeah. right now, Joyride. Uh, not not a trans character, but there's a non-binary character in it, mm-hmm. uh, and their non-binary ness is completely incidental yeah. to
0: the story. It's just there is a non-binary character, and that was pretty great. Uh, I'm uh, a, I'm a big fan of Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, hmm. uh, which uh, is first off one of the great titles. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a Robert Altman movie. Uh, about uh, a group of women who, uh, they lived in a small town, and the town's claim to fame is that it's near where they filmed the uh, 1950s James Dean, Elizabeth Taylor epic giant. Mm. And they filmed some of it there, and uh, one of them claims to have had an affair with James Dean. And they meet up many, many years later, and uh, this one friend of theirs... Uh, turns out to have been trans and their life has been completely turned upside down in the best possible way they're super duper happy their life you know they had tragedy in their past but now everything's cool um and uh, played played really nicely by um uh Karen black hmm. uh, so I would recommend that movie uh, I think the movie's yeah. really great and deeply underappreciated um I think it's it, it used to be hard to find but I think they came out with a uh I think it's I think it's easier now I hope so anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because, yeah, God, I mean, I remember just brunt of jokes constantly throughout the entire 90s was just absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, all about my mother. All about my mother. Good trans characters one. in there. Um, and, they, and they talk about yeah, sad things too, but it's mostly about happy yeah,
1: stuff. I, I know you're thinking about movies like uh, Boys Don't Cry and... and well, uh, that's, that, there's that's, the misery. That's the misery stuff. Yeah. You know, the Danish girl. Those are like mm-hmm. you know tr- trans characters that are like suffering and it's all about their transness. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ooh. there are some really upbeat queer films that... Mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of them from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, All About My Mother is one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie Babbitt made a movie called The Itty Bitty Titty Committee. Um, (laughs) I never saw that, but I know about it. Yes, Uh, Jamie, I like Jamie Babbitt, but um, yeah, yeah, that that has a a
0: trans male character in it that's Mm. just one of the supporting cast. Um, Um, I'm fond of a very strange. if you want a genre film, hmm. very strange, very wonderful film. Japanese film from 1999 called Wild Zero. Uh, which is about a guy who's like oh, a yeah, yeah. he's Gene like a, wild a, zero. It's a it's about it's, a, it's, uh, it's a real life uh, guitar uh, rock band called Guitar, guitar Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, and they play themselves and they play their music. It's a cool band. You, mm. you listen to the music just in general. Uh, and they made a movie about them fighting off zombies who are being controlled by aliens. And the main character who isn't in Guitar Wolf is like a big fan of Guitar Wolf, and he like he meets. Uh, a girl, and he starts falling in love with her. And when he finds out that she's trans, he has a bit of a crisis. He's like, he's not sure. And the the lead singer, Guitar Wolf, has a great fucking. Oh, what does he say? He's like, he just yells positive things about trans people. It's like like uh, co- like, 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 yeah. like
1: one of the monsters. Like oh, I'm I'm gonna get like mm-hmm. it's like a- after the trans characters. Like, yeah. It, and yeah, the, the guitarist who's like this cool guy with this yeah. big hair and a leather jacket he's holding a guitar is like, yeah. look. You're gonna respect our
0: trans brothers and sisters Or fuck you like, yeah, like, like, It says like Love knows no race, nationality, or gender yeah, And yeah. then he yells Do it Like just be in love <laughs> and it's fucking great And oh my god And he, like Then he like starts like Flinging supercharged guitar picks and zombies And they blow up Fucking awesome movie <laughs> Please see that fucking movie I love that movie That movie needs a bigger audience Um Jeez I don't know I'm trying to think now Um But the point is The point is valid Honestly, is that there aren't enough? Uh, there's more now than there than there there's used more, to be, which is I good. Think
1: I think you'll find them on TV yeah. more than in feature films. That's happening um, more yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the, we we were in this period, and if you go back to like the 1970s, mm-hmm. you'll see this with a lot of queer movies as well, where mm-hmm. uh, the cliche was the queer characters are either uh, criminals or they're suicidal. Yeah, uh, and uh, you, you'll notice many critics have noticed this. Mm-hmm. Golly! Doesn't the Academy love it when a, a straight actor mm-hmm. plays a gay man?
0: Who or or any other dies. queer, yeah, queer yeah, person. Um, yeah,
1: Jared Leto, Jared Leto, yeah. uh, Brendan Fraser. Um, yeah, it's, it's happened multiple times. Yeah, and, and in fact, um, there's a really uh, a, a really good film from the '70s called "The Boys in the Band." Oh yeah, uh, yeah. where they they address that. They actually talk about it in dialogue. It's about a bunch of queer characters, and uh, one of them says, "I'm I'm not one of those uh, one of those suicidal queers from the movies." Mm. So, like, even in the '70s, they knew what was going on. Uh, yeah. Denise from Twin Peaks. Oh, Denise from Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. played
0: by David Duchovny. Mm. But uh, the, they go all in on it, just being totally cool and positive, and everyone, you know. Mm. Is down with it And when they come back In Twin Peaks The Return Denise is running the FBI Which is real nice Oh that's cute Yeah Is yeah, it did... still
1: David Duchovny? Yeah still David Duchovny I, I never finished it Oh no yeah. shit
0: Yeah that's the, bit, that's the bit Where uh Uh David Lynch's character hmm. Uh Gordon Cole Who used to run the FBI uh, tells them, like, tells Denise that like I was supported you every single way, and I know you're into some trouble, and I told them they needed to fix their hearts or die, mm. and that line has become a very, <laughs> yeah, fix very your quotable. Or die, fix yeah. your hearts or die is a great fucking line of dialogue. Um, yeah, mm. but yeah, we could. Um, yeah. hmm. uh, again, we're doing this on the top of our heads. So.
1: Oh, you know what? I just remembered mm. one I saw kind of recently. Um, mm. Oh, let me look at. Let me look up the name of the filmmaker. Um, it's called "So Pretty." Oh, I don't know that one. I talked about it.
0: I believe you. I just don't really remember it. What was what how, how pretty uh, was in it? Twenty nineteen. So pretty. Okay, so it's a minute ago. I don't know if it, Oh my um, God, Sensate. Oh, there you go. See sensei. I, I know, I know sensei you're very Fucking fond of rules. Sensei. sensei fucking rules. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, okay. So pretty yes.
1: was made by a filmmaker named Jesse Jeffrey Don Roven Rovinelli. Okay. And um, it's about this kind of uh these young people are all mm. in their all in their twenties. Gender is very fluid in in this little uh, like artist's enclave they live in. They share this really tiny apartment in New York mm-hmm. and they just love each other mm. and it's just about them appreciating each other's bodies and they all are mm. on different spots in sort of the, the gender and sexuality spectrums to, almost to the point where all of those things are kind of erased mm. and it's really kind of beautiful the way it looks at humanity as a thing of beauty beyond gendered objectification. Yeah. Um, I, I watched this movie with B Peterson uh, and they have always uh, tried to bring up examples of what uh, we don't see a lot of in movies, and that's the non-binary gaze. Yeah, we talk about the male gaze very mm-hmm. occasionally. We talk about the female gaze.
0: Yeah, um, but what is the non-binary? But what is the non-binary gaze? Yeah. gaze?
1: What What does that look like to somebody outside of gender? And so pretty is it. So Pretty is something that just sort of appreciates humanity. Um, that's another one that you'll find on like movie.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: it's a little bit off to the side, but that that's a really beautiful film. I, cool. I recommend So Pretty.
0: Yeah. Anyway, this is another one where um, it's kind of a big can of worms. And yeah, for a long time, there weren't, there's nowhere near enough representation. And frankly, there still isn't. Uh, but it's getting a little better, and we're starting to see more uh, mm-hmm. diverse roles being played by transgender people. Uh, but uh, yeah, but it's always fun to see. Fun characters getting to do fun things because mm-hmm. cinema and TV and everything—they're full of those. Yeah, you know, everyone should be able to play them. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you have any cool recommendations that we missed, please let us know. Uh, we hope some of that helps. Um, you know, they're all different kinds of movies and shows. Some of them might be up your alley, some might not, but uh, yeah, I hope that helps. Hmm. That'd be great. Uh, I think that's time for one or two more. All right. Um, here's a letter from Louise. Okay.
1: Uh, dr nick voice hi everybody hi Uh, dr nick uh, i just wanted to pass on my family's two cents on indiana jones and Nimona. okay uh we me 42 and the kids age 13 11 and 10 have not seen the new indie film because as you mentioned in your review my kids could not care less about it oh they see indiana jones as a mummy thing (laughs) <laughs> oh, no! No, like, I, I think just mummies in general, not specifically oh, thought, the most I, recent mummies. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 because I was thinking about how the Brendan Fraser mummy uh-huh. was, like, the 1999, like, we're doing Indiana Jones, but with mummies. Uh uh-huh. I wonder if maybe that supplanted it. Like some people just think of that movie as their Indiana Jones. Oh, that'd be funny if that's Uh, the case.
1: They they have sat and watched most of the films, but their appreciation seems to be more academic than emotional. Nimona, however, is so very, very much their thing. Hmm. They watch it every day. Wow! They act out scenes. They discuss the differences between the book and the film. They were fans of the book first. They draw fan art. I asked them to explain to you why they like it, and they said they love the queer representation, and they think that it balances the funny stuff and the serious stuff. My eldest also said he liked how it turned an older teenage-skewing book into something the whole family could love. Uh, Personally, I'm very happy for this film to be on day after day. It has a lot of heart, my kids are full of joy, and it's stopping my youngest son from watching his 15 Scooby-Doo DVDs on a loop. (laughs) Look, I... I'm the parent of an eight-year-old anything to get him off those GD video game videos that he watches on YouTube every
0: right? kid has a thing yeah. that they will watch over and over mm. and over again it's different you know, they're they're, they're yeah. waves you know oh, yeah, Some, yeah. like kids will a lot of kids will like go well, through SpongeBob or whatever but like mm. for, every kid has like one thing that's kind of unique to them that they'll they'll fix it all, over, yeah. and over and over it's like I would watch Ferris Bueller's day off over and over and <laughs> over again not every kid did that. Not every oh, six-year-old so, did so that. So
1: th- here's a family that are, yeah. that are doing it
0: with pneumonia. I love um, that. I think that's great. Uh, They're way worse yeah, my, ways uh, to go.
1: My son started. Uh, if you look up Blippi, if you have a young kid, you know, you know Blippi.
0: I've I've seen a Blippi vid. Yeah, I'm because no, with...
1: you watched my son and you watched Blippi. Yeah, uh, yeah, Blippi is this guy named Stephen John. Uh, he uh, created this character who wears like a beanie and glasses, and he does nothing more than like go to a play place and just sort of play. Look, here's a red ball. Look, here's a blue ball. Yeah. He teaches your children. Nothing. No. <sighs> He, there's not, no like educational contents I, there's I, no nothing, nothing. I saw
0: one, the one blippy video I saw might have been an exception because he went to a chocolate factory That, that he was a showed a chocolate was yeah. made
1: or uh, there's also one where he goes to like an apple packing plant
0: okay it's like where they pick
1: apples like at least there's something going on yeah you're,
0: you're seeing something but, you wouldn't otherwise have seen but there's one where like he,
1: here's an ice cream truck does he go through like the ice cream business or what are the days like mm-hmm. no he just sort of that's a wheel let's go inside here's a popsicle he misspells the word syrup in the caption uh Wow. He shows, like, here's a wheel and there's a graphic of a wheel, but it's a film reel. It's not a wheel. <laughs> it's a. Ah, we hated Blippy. He outgrew Blippy. <laughs> Blippy has now become a media empire unto himself. He can go to yeah. Target and bl- get Blippy toys now. Wow. But we were there at the start. Um, you liked Blippy before it was cool. Next up, he started liking uh, this pair of uh, young men who do video game videos. They call themselves Lanky And they scream, and scream,
0: and scream. (laughs)
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Linkbox! Yeah! We want to throttle these young men. Uh, We we suspect they're boyfriends, but they never say that they Mm -hmm. live together or anything. They're just two really annoying guys. Got it. Uh, Now he's on to something called Geometry Dash, which is a video game, and he just watches videos of that game. At least he's learning about geometry. No,
0: oh. he's not. Oh.
1: So, um, if he were into Nimona, I think I'd be okay with it. Even though I didn't like Nimona, yeah. I think he'd be okay with that, because at least that's like that's a movie with yeah. characters and a story. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. Well, kids, uh, but, am I right? there's a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, uh, Keep up the good work. Uh, love all the pods, and would love to hear a complete David Lynch series one day after Godzilla's finished. Oh, that'd be fun.
0: Louise. That'd be fun. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. That's uh, that's very cool. And, and thank you for your input. Because, uh, yeah, I'm very curious. And again, it's all, it's either a big, broad generalization, or it's only based on the people we know. But I am just curious what younger generations think of older stuff like Indiana Jones, because we like to think that it's just timeless, ubiquitous, will always be relevant. Mm. There's no actual evidence of that, though. Yeah. <laughs> The things get old. It's just a matter of time. I keep watching like YouTube videos and people who, whenever Star Wars comes up, it's like, oh yeah, I should watch some of those someday. Like they just never have seen a Star War. It's yeah. not the most important. It's not something that it's like even just casually like no, okay. I was supposed to get to that. No, no. Apparently that is optional now.
1: I'm, I'm really glad that Gen Z is forming their own culture because yeah. we,
0: we've I'm, let I'm, them down.
1: Well, I'm <laughs> I'm Gen X and we were force fed the Boomer stuff. That yeah. was that's our defining feature. We just got the runoff. And we started to sort of see the world through the media we consumed. Yeah. Uh, that, that 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 was us, man. Uh, then, you know, the millennials kind of uh, took the ball and ran with it and kind of became obsessed with popular culture and defined themselves through uh, the fantasies and the escapes that they consumed. Yeah. Uh, because, why? Because the world sucked. Yeah. <laughs> millennials got the short end of the stick Boy, there. Dang. And now it, it feels, and you know, millennials invented a lot of that too, but uh, yeah. I feel like Gen Z is finally kind of Starting from scratch. Yeah. A, a lot of it feels really fresh with this generation. I, I, I appreciate it. that. Um, one more? One more. All right. This is from uh, The Forever Giant Wolfman.
0: <sighs> that's, a, that's a
1: very long giant uh, wolfman. Uh, Bibbs and, Bibs and Whitney. A long time ago, I decided to see what an older generation would think of more modern films. My grandmother just so happened to be over, and she didn't watch any movie, many movies. I had her watch the initial T-Rex scene from Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Uh, I turned my speakers up to 11 and oh, just watched her wow. reaction. After the scene was over, I asked what she thought. She said, well, that's enough to give you nightmares. <laughs> <I> <laughs> it's, feel a like, it's a scary scene. That's a monster movie. Well, I feel like, um, when because this is going to happen to me. I know it's going to happen to me. Okay. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. Where somebody, uh, my kid, is going to come up with me to me with something that is like brand new and exciting, but he's already been consuming a lot of the media around it and mm-hmm. leading up to it, and he has broader context for yeah. what that thing represents. So he's just going to
0: show you one so small bit, of it. assuming a small you'll get bit it, and say
1: that's really exciting to him. Uh, and I'm, it's, I might sort of respond to it viscerally,
0: mm, but you're not going to, but get I'm not
1: going to get it the way he yeah. does. So I'll probably have that oh, kind I, of, a, oh well, that's
0: kind of. Scary. I did this. I know my my my. I remember when I was a kid trying to show my grandfather Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, he's not he going to understand He didn't, he didn't care. Was, he was polite. Yeah. He was yeah. very sweet to watch me play it for a little while, but there was nothing in it for him. Hmm. So, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I was a reader
1: of Nintendo Power yes. back in the day. Nintendo Power Magazine and... Uh, I went to a jazz concert. And I was allowed to bring one with me because they knew I wasn't going to sit still otherwise. Because I'm like, I'm like, I'm eight just or picturing
0: ninth. this, like, everyone, like, cool with their berets and their sunglasses at yeah. a jazz concert. And then you just, like, your head, like, forced into a Nintendo power. Yeah, was,
1: uh, and, and, uh, and my grandmother was sitting next to me. It's like, and there was an article on Super Mario Brothers 3, which was a big deal. That was a very big deal when that came and out. I was yeah. like, look, look Grandma. There's another one. There's a Super Mar- and she And I remember her taking the magazine from it very politely and read the big words across the top. Super Marlowe Brothers. Super Marlo Bros. No, three. You see the three at the end? There's
0: a big three. Oh,
1: okay. And she just sort of handed it back. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean anything to her. No, like, like, she's, she's like, being polite, you she, know, but like, yeah, I'm, she, I'm not
0: going to, she, I, I can't here, join you on She's this.
1: here to see Dave Brubeck.
0: She doesn't care <laughs> about... I would. What I would love is if Dave Brubeck. say, hey, what you doing over there? talking about super mario brothers 3 there's a super mario brothers 3 <laughs> hold on a second yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've been great that, was, that no, would have been the best concert so i'm,
1: I'm a little kid yeah I'm, yeah I'm at a dave brubeck show but i'm not yeah. i don't appreciate it i'm just reading yeah. my nintendo power i su- such an asshole um but anyway, I have two que- two time travel questions for you. Num- I
0: love this already.
1: Number one, the scenario. You travel back to the 1940s and you rent out a movie theater for a day with all the equipment you need. What movies
0: would you play to the crowd to melt their minds? Okay, so we're going... Let me get this straight. The parameters are... We go back to the 1940s. Yes. And we have... Two, how many movies do we have or just any movies uh, just whatever movies you want to play but you have access to modern movies I think it's right the right one. right you can film any movie from the future mm. and you can blow their minds that's an interesting question yeah because you want to blow their minds but you don't want to confuse them like yeah. you can't show them Avengers Endgame they're not going to know what the fuck to make out of that No, or they'll, they'll that's, be that's, impressed by that's, the that's, images that's, but they're not going to understand it's, it's anything can, it's going to be nonsense yeah, yeah me, that's no, not going no, to I mean. help them at all like, look,
1: Captain America. Yeah, that's a character they know, but not in this big mishmash. Mm -hmm. That that means nothing to them.
0: I think the temptation is to pick some weird visual effects, spectacular, like, I don't know, Speed Racer or something like that. I'm thinking, what is the shortest amount of distance we can go into the future Uh to blow their minds?
1: Not from today. uh, How
0: how far into the future can we go to just totally knock them dead? Here's what I would do. Breathless. I would do
1: Godard's Breathless Ooh, because yeah, that that, would, I mean, that, that kind of sh- shook things up in 1960. It can did. You, can that'd you imagine be... that having it 20 years earlier? Sure, yeah.
0: that would be great. No, that that yeah. would be amazing. I would love that.
1: I'd choose Godard Godard's Breathless mm-hmm. or um, I. Yeah, you not, know what, not, You know what? Not
0: Star Wars. nothing no, like that. No, no, um, no, no, no. I would I would do Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Because that again is the kind of serials that they have, but now all of a sudden their standards are going to be higher for like sound design and shit, mm-hmm. and they'll be like. Oh, it can be good? Oh fuck! Why are we making it good? Let's make it good next time. Mm. Holy
1: shit. Well or I would I would be interested to mm. take something that in the modern age is considered like a little bit chintzy and a little bit low budget mm-hmm. and you know kinda kinda disposable. But if you put it like 40 years earlier Mm -hmm. it would be seen as like one of the most mind-blowing things ever Mm -hmm. so i'm choose robot jocks oh I'd show that to a crowd in night because that's science fiction it takes place in the future if it seems a little alien to them you just say oh it's in the future they they scripted it this way people talk that way um there's like sex and violence to a degree Mm. that you wouldn't see in mainstream movies so it's like really edgy and it has those really cool stop motion robot effects
0: yeah that'd be awesome That'd be awesome. I'm trying to think of something that would be, like, so, like, politically progressive that they mm. couldn't handle it. I was like, whoa, 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 everyone's just cool with each other. What? What's going on? are sure, like, La Cage with, like, queer characters. Yeah, that'd it. be yeah. cool. That'd be a great example. Yeah, mm. just, like, totally just put it all out in the front. Mm. Make it cool. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Um, or, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of, like... Or, or
1: show, like, uh, Oh, if it's, if it's the 40s, show them,
0: like, Killer of Sheep. Yeah, well, that really blow their minds that'd too. Fucking, that'd be wild. I'm <laughs> trying to think. Oh, I just want, oh god. That that is. There's so hmm. much. I would. Oh, hmm. you know what? Would, you know what? I would show them. Hmm. I'm not sure this would help them in any way. <laughs> uh, I would just want to see their reaction. I want to see if they could handle it. Hmm. Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge.
1: Well, that that's just noise to them. It would be, ha- but I want them to
0: see the noise. All I want them
1: right. to say, like, "Is this what movies are like in 2000?" No, it, it would be rejected. It would it'd be too chaotic. I mean,
0: okay, maybe a maybe a flew R- to
1: Remember when so. Speed Racer failed? That was 2008. That movie came out. Yeah, you're not wrong. And and that was considered like way too far, way, like way beyond at the time. And now yeah. now blockbusters just kind of look like that. Yeah. That. Wrong. that, that Things kind of had to evolve a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, you look at something like Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where there's like mm-hmm. rainbow vomiting octopuses and stuff, and all these weird aliens. That that's yeah. no weirder than Speed Racer. It's just you know came out five years later. What would you? What would you?
0: What if you took like something that is so enmeshed in modern tech? Hmm. That just the baseline concept. Well, something like, like black they, hat or, or yeah. hackers. Like yeah, computer technology. Like that would just be yeah. like, wait, what? We're like, at the punch they cards.
1: They don't even understand like the premise of something. Yeah, like, like that'd that, be yeah. just yeah.
0: that'd be just fucking weird. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the long and short, my answer mm-hmm. is Orca. I want to show them Orca we'll skip Jaws and show them Orca Orca. that's
1: what I would do I'd choose like the knockoffs and the ripoffs these are the better ones more impressive ones yeah Uh, and the number two time travel Mm. question is uh, the scenario is you can send a movie back in time to ensure a single person will watch it Mm. what do you send and to whom Uh, all my love the forever giant wolfman
0: ooh 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 hmm hmm Single person,
1: I would send downfall to Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what, fucker? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't going to turn out well for you. (laughs) You, sir, are an asshole.
0: I can't beat that. <laughs> I can't
1: beat that. I like. It um, would be so great. <laughs> Dana Gould has a really great how, bit. how
0: old is Hitler when you send him this, though? Like, you tell him when he's 10 and he's very like, like he's or... he,
1: No, like, he's he's like stumping. He's already mm. into politics. He's trying, yeah. trying to sell his racist shit. Got uh, it. He's, he's already on. It's like, okay, sit down. Here's a movie. It's about you. Mm. This is true. This is from the future.
0: Mm hmm. Anyway, we can't beat uh, we can't beat Downfall. So uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, I'd be curious if anyone else had any answers to these, but thank you, anybody for for listening. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. Uh, if you want to contribute to this, you want to send in an email. You got questions, uh, critiques, anything at all you want you want to uh, share with the world and for us to answer, you can always email us. Our email address is letters at critically acclaimed net. However, if you want to pretty much guarantee that we'll be able to get to your uh, correspondence on the air, Whitney, stop that. Sorry about that. If you want to pretty much guarantee that Mm. your letter will be written on the air, you can send it to our P.O. Box. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box?
1: Uh, Send it to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641-565, Los Angeles, California,
0: 90064. Yep, Uh, and uh, a huge shout out to all of our patrons, without whom none of our shows would be possible. If you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We have a lot of exclusive shows over there. Uh, We do trivia nights. We do uh, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and um, in concluding, you get all of these uh, new episodes of our regular shows ad-free. I know ads can be a, quite a nuisance, so uh, that's an option available mm-hmm. to you. Uh, and, um, yeah, we're on Twitter, at Critic Acclaim. I'm at William Bibiani. on at, all the social media.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, on, uh, I'm on the Twitter. I'm on Blue Sky, yeah. which I know not a lot of people are on there yet, which is kind of why I like it. Mm. Um, but you're welcome to come join me on Blue Sky. I'm at, at Whitney Seibold's
0: um also on, still on the Twitters, although a little less so these days. Understood, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Thank you for uh, listening. Sincerely yours, Bibbs and Whitney.